You are listening to the Father-Daughter Book Club, a podcast where me, the daughter, and... Me, the father... Discuss meaningful books and have meaningful discussions about them. Today, our discussion will be about Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. It was published on January 28th, 1813, so this is a very old book. But we have to say that there will be spoilers. So, if you want to read this book before listening to this, go get the book, finish reading it, we'll wait for you, and then come back and enjoy this conversation. And we do have to admit that this discussion will be slightly different, probably not as in-depth as our previous discussions because, well, we had a bit of a hard time reading this book. It is a very difficult read, and since I'm only in seventh grade, I barely understood any of the language, anything in this book. Yeah, I think when we we decided to read this book, we knew it was going to be ambitious because even though this is a classic book, I don't think people generally read it until they're in in high school and Kalia is a little bit young. (laughs) But we had just finished reading The Alchemist prior, and that book went really well. It was pretty easy for me to read, and I really enjoyed it. So I thought that this book might not be as hard to read after reading that. And boy, was I wrong. Yeah. So unfortunately, Kalia didn't finish the book. At least she hasn't finished it yet. But if we waited for her to finish, it would probably be several more months before we actually recorded this podcast. And we really wanted to record this in time. Yeah. Because we haven't recorded in a while. Yeah, we've it's been a slow read and even for me it was tough to, to get a groove into this book. Like I into usually like the middle, right? Yeah, I usually don't have a hard time getting into books. Mm-hmm. Um especially if I like them a lot, then I can read them, you know, in a few days. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it might take me a week or a couple of weeks to read a book, but it, this one, it took me quite a bit of time to read. It took you like over a month. Yeah. Because, you know, it kind of started and stopped and then started and stopped again. Getting over the language barrier, which sounds odd because this book is written in, in English. But since these times were way before us and it was published in 1813, and because it was published so far back, the language was very difficult to understand. I could barely understand any of the language in this book. I constantly had to, like, stop and ask, Dad, what does this mean? Dad, what does this mean? Yeah, so even though it's written in English, the the grammar's different, the um, slightly different, I should say. And um, the terms were definitely different. Yeah, the the words, some of the words have different meaning because, you know, words evolve. Yeah. And in 1813, some of those words meant uh, something different than they do now. Something like a word that came up in this book that confused me a little bit was condescension. And mm-hmm. nowadays, when you say if, say someone is condescending, it's kind of an insult. But here in this book, it's not. It's more of a... A praise. Not a, it's not a praise, but it's more of like deference. It's more um, mm. respecting someone else's position. That's that's more of what they meant. So it, it took a little while to get past those differences in language. Uh, so e- even for myself, it took me a while to read. But 
I ended up liking this book a lot more than I thought I would after really? I got started. Yeah, like it actually becomes very humorous, <laughs> um, very, very, very funny, very like sarcastic. And I'm, I, I yeah. like sarcastic humor a lot. You do. You, you use a lot of sarcastic humor. Yeah. And, uh, I like Elizabeth Bennett, our main character. She's, such I a... love her. <laughs> She's so like daring. She's a lively, and bold. lively person. And especially like she has the best comebacks. <laughs> right. She does. And and it's and it has one of the most endearing romances that And one of the most been. unexpected romances. Right. So um in order for Kalia to have a better discussion about this book, we actually watched the movie. Well, there was a movie, there are multiple adaptations of it, but we watched the one that was filmed in 2005, my birth year. Yeah, the one that, 2005, directed by Joe Wright and starring Keira Knightley and Matthew McFadden. And... How did you remember that? (laughs) As far as I can tell, it's a very faithful adaptation of of the book. There aren't any major plot lines missing. Um, the only real and some and a lot of the the text, the a lot of the dialogue is taken directly from the book. Yes. The only big difference I I saw is that one of the characters, one of the minor characters, is not in the movie that that is in the book. Like um, one of Mister Beanley's sisters wasn't right. Right, right. And they also added like one scene at the end. So let's um let's read this synopsis. It is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. Thus, memorably begins Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice, one of the world's most popular novels. Pride and Prejudice, Austen's own darling child, tells the story of fiercely independent Elizabeth Bennet, one of five sisters who must marry rich as she confounds the arrogant wealthy Mr. Darcy. What ensues is one of the most delightful and engrossingly readable courtships known to literature, written by a precocious Austen when she was just 21 years old. And so our discussion on this book is going to be a bit different because, as we mentioned, Kalia didn't finish it, but she did see the movie, so she knows the gist of what happens in the story. So, um, It's going to be more of a conversation instead of more in-depth. So what, of, what, of what you read, though, what did you think of what you read? Well, in my opinion, I know that this is set in different times, and this is definitely not how it is now but to me i kind of found it well not disgusting but i mean like i didn't necessarily like the part that i read especially that mr collins which is cousin of the five sisters they weren't the sisters weren't allowed to inherit any of their parents money and i felt that that was incredibly unfair you can definitely tell the difference in, in time period when you read this book. Um, things were just different then. And inheritance, inheriting... Um, fortunes. Not just fortunes, but, you know, your your parents' property. It was... The closest male relative. Yeah, it was defined quite differently back in the day. And it does take a little while to get over some of those differences in culture based on when this book was written and where it takes place. Yeah, it takes place in England, which is a very proper place. 
at the time it was. Uh, maybe you can it say nowadays. Is. Well, I don't know. I've, I've never been there. I've known a few English people, but I don't know. I don't know much about. My mom went there and she said that it was very. It's different. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, it does take a while to get over that. And one of the other things that took a, a while for me to get over was this notion of cousins marrying cousins. I still can't believe that either. Yeah, so like, <laughs> there are two instances where it's suggested that cousins will marry one another. One is Mr. Collins wants, and to, Elizabeth. wants to marry one of the Bennett sisters and chooses Elizabeth. Well, she actually wanted to marry Jane. He actually wants to marry Jane, but she is not well, available. Right, he he wants to marry one of them and finds that Elizabeth is the most eligible. And so he courts her. Um, and then the other instance is for Mr. Darcy to marry Lady Catherine's daughter. Yes. And Lady Catherine's his aunt, which makes Catherine's daughter his cousin. And especially with that particular engagement, that's one that they decided pretty much when... They were babies. Darcy and, and yeah, and I forget Catherine's daughter's name. <laughs> I don't know. Is it like Sarah? No, it's... I don't think they ever referred to her as anything besides Miss Berg. No. Or Mr. Berg or something like that. So, but their their engagement has been planned upon really, like you said, since birth. So it it, take, it took me a little while to get over both of those things. Like, that's disgusting. Like, I would never marry my cousin. <laughs> You know, like nowadays isn't illegal. Yeah, it's illegal. In this this country, it is (laughs) for sure. And back in those times, the main purpose for a woman or mother was to get their daughters married off, and usually to marry rich to better their family. I wouldn't say we should say that back in those days. the The way that the book paints it is especially with Mrs. Bennett, who's Elizabeth's mother, that is her goal. So I don't I don't know if I'd feel comfortable painting such a broad brush stroke that all women, all married women are like her. Okay. But that's definitely her purpose in the book. She wants to get her daughters married off, especially since none of them stand to inherit anything. So she wants to make sure they marry well so that they're taken care of in the future. Like she doesn't want them to well, I mean, that's sensible. I mean, like, you just want the best for your children. Right. And and she's an interesting character. She's actually <laughs> one of my least favorite characters in the whole book. I think my least favorite character in the book actually ends up being the sister. Which one? Mr. Bingley. Oh, Caroline Bingley. Yeah. She, yeah. I don't really like her that much. <laughs> she has interesting motives. At first, I thought that it was... Darcy, but then he ends up being different. I'm like, whoa. Well, Darcy does end up... He ends up actually being a pretty good guy. That's when when the twist comes in, right? When the twist happens in this book is when the book really starts to get good. And the the twist happens maybe uh, halfway through. And we learn that Mr. Darcy, who starts off the book being this surly, kind of uptight snobby dude arrogant definitely right we learn a little bit more about his character we learn that he's actually a really upstanding gentleman mm-hmm. and he's just a little bit awkward socially awkward and yeah, that's he... why people have such a, a bad opinion of him is more of his social awkwardness not necessarily the quality of his character 
Yeah, because Mr. Darcy actually, like, he just has problems talking to people who he doesn't really know that well, is what he says. He can't, he doesn't really know how to talk to people that well. Right. So. Yeah, that's why I mean. he's socially awkward. Yeah. That's basically what he said. He's like, if, if I don't know people, if they're strangers, then, you know, he has a hard time starting up a conversation with them. And that's. That's understandable. I mean, even I can be socially awkward at times. I think we all can. Uh, some people more than others. I'm probably socially awkward, too. Like, when I'm around adults, I'm more socially awkward than when I'm around kids. You think when so? I'm, when I'm around children, it's easier for me to start up a conversation because I, I feel like I can connect with them a bit better because we're around the same age. Yeah, they're your peers. But when I talk to adults, I tend to be shy. <laughs> like, yeah. when I'm around your friends, I tend to be pretty shy. Yeah, that, that makes sense. So with this, with this book, Kalia, would you read more books from this era? I'll try. Yeah. <laughs> I'll probably try, but I might not finish them, but I definitely want to try. Okay. Because this book is set in a very interesting era that I don't really get to see in many books. The books that I tend to read are more of the science fiction and fantasy books, which are more like in the ahead. You read some of those. You also read a lot of realistic fiction, and that's really what this is. At the time when yeah. this came out, it would have been realistic fiction. Now it's considered historical fiction. But what realistic fiction books? A lot of the books that we read, Wonder True. and Counting by Sevens and something about Jellyfish. What was that Jellyfish book? The Thing About Jellyfish. The Thing About Jellyfish and the... Lions of Little Rock, and uh, what was that other book about those three sisters? One the summer, crazy one summer. crazy summer. All of those books are that, one crazy summer is more of historical fiction, and so is Lions of Little Rock. Yeah, but okay, so so is this. It's just the history is different. It's from a different era. I tend to think that the historical fiction books that I read are more in the fifties era. Yeah, well, they're set in the, in the 20th century, so it's more recent history, mm-hmm. and they're set in this country, so it's a little bit easier to identify with what's and happening. And they're mainly about, like, my culture, my heritage, like, black people more than English <laughs> and in this time era. Right, so that's what I'm asking you. Would you read more books about that era written by authors who were... From that time? Like I said, I'd try, but I don't know if I necessarily... I don't know if I necessarily like the book, but I'd probably try. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, that's fair. It It's, just a, it's a different way of reading. Like, mm-hmm. There's another book that I tried reading that I had a similar hard time with um, by Zora Neale Hurston. Oh, I can't remember the name of the book right now. But it's another fairly classic book that I really wanted to read but the dialect is is difficult for me and so maybe I'll give that one another chance like that book I probably got you know 50 pages into it and I haven't been able to start it again same with me in this book but this one you know once I got so the book is about 
400 pages long. And once I got to, it took, I had to get to about page 150 mm. before things really started to flow for me. And so maybe with the other book, that's just, that's what I need to do too. I need to just push on, you know, kind of force myself to get past it, get comfortable with the dialect. Like some books, they start off really slow. And then once you actually start to read them more, they end up getting much better and much easier to read. Yes. And with Pride and Prejudice, there's so much nuance, uh, so much whenever you're dealing with sarcasm and irony and things like that, there's always going to be nuance. Um, I think Jane Austen is really poking fun at Her time the society of and yeah, the way life was at the time. She uses characters like Mrs. Bennett, who seems like just this caricature of a person. But she uses that character to really point out the flaws in that way of thinking. And she uses another character like Mr. Collins, who's also just seems like a caricature, like this person can't really think that way and be that way and behave that way. But I'm sure people there, there's people of that time who did behave that way, but maybe to a slightly lesser degree. But Jane Austen just kind of amped up that type of person to point a finger at and poke fun at people <laughs> who behave that way and then she uses a character like elizabeth who's this as the synopsis states this fiercely independent person um who holds opinions that maybe weren't that popular and does and isn't afraid to tell them she isn't afraid to speak her mind and i think that's one of the reasons why people wanted her because i mean that's a very admirable trait so she uses that he uses Elizabeth as a, a vehicle for championing independent women, which, as we've kind of hinted at, at the time, it wasn't very common for women to be independent. And, you know, these five sisters who are destined for, they're not. They live, they, they live a pretty modest life. The, the wealthy ones in the book are. But, I mean, they still have a fortune. They have some money. I mean, it's not like they are, like, poor at all. Maybe by the standards of the time, they were considered poor. I don't know. I know that, like, the class divide is very important in this book. Because, as you said while we were watching the movie, the Bandits were at one level, the Bingleys are at a slightly high level, and then Lady Catherine was at an even higher level. Right. of income. You can tell by the way they're... Uh, the the way their servants dressed and the especially in the book i mean you, not in the book especially excuse me especially in the movie where you can actually see what people are wearing mm -hmm. so in the, in the movie it's very apparent that here's the thing to think that the bennets are not i don't know it's weird so they the bennets themselves have their own cook and maid and, and stuff so are how poor how how badly off are they? Are they? That's a good question. Yeah, because I mean, like people who have a cook and a maid and a nice house wouldn't be considered poor. At least not by our standards today. But maybe at the time, the poor ones are the servants, right? So if you're a maid, well, then you're considered lower class. I don't, I don't know enough. The difference in culture and class and all of that is. You have to have some historical reference in order to understand everything that's kind of going on in the book. And I have a little bit of historical reference, but not. 
I don't at all. Not a lot. So it's kind of hard to say if the Bennets were considered poor or if they considered well off. Definitely, we know Darcy is. Definitely. He's well. very well off. He has an art collection that I thought was a museum. Well, from watching the movie. In the book, yeah. they don't really describe it that way. But I mean, like, his estate is huge. His estate is very big. He has a lake. Yeah. Of his own. Yeah. That you can fish in. A big enough lake to where you can fish in it with fish actually <laughs> inside it. Both lakes that, like, own are, like, small and don't really have fish in them. <laughs> That's crazy. Yes. He lived in a very large manner. So do you have any final thoughts about what you read, what you saw? To me, it was it was very hard for me to get, like, actually understand it because the time periods are so different and I just can't, I couldn't get over certain things in the movie and in the book that it was, like, almost, it was really hard for me because I still can't get over the fact that cousins married cousin. I think that's that's easy to get over. I would hope that when you get older, you know, maybe by the time you get to high school, you come back to this book. Even you can try to finish it now, <laughs> but definitely when you get older, re- read it again. Okay. And and try to finish it when you Have get you older. Have you ever tried to read this book when you before? Like, yeah. No, this is the first time. Really? Yeah. My mom, I know that she tried to read it when she was around my age, and then her teachers were like, oh, you're reading that. And even my English teacher, who was in my home, who's also my homeroom teacher, I was reading it, and she was like, wow, I wouldn't be able to read that book um, at sixth in seventh grade. Yeah, I can certainly understand why she would say that, especially after reading it. Um, like we said at the beginning, it was an ambitious venture mm-hmm. for for you to try to read this book. I'm glad that you gave it your, your best shot, <laughs> but I, I understand that it's difficult to read. Definitely a challenge. I would have thought that it would have been a bit easier after I read The Alchemist, because you even said that that would probably be a challenge for me. I thought it was going to be. The Alchemist is more of a challenge because the... The content is deep. You have to to give it a lot of thought. And there's almost nothing relatable. Like, because of the time period that it's set in. What time period was it? Who knows? (laughs) You know? It was a long time ago. But since it's not a modern book, I thought it would be difficult for you to read. But the way it's written is actually very easy to read. Mm -hmm. This book, the way it's written... It's very hard to read, it's very but hard it's not to read. very deep. It's, well... Well, it is deep, but I mean, not as deep as The Alchemist. It's not as spiritual, but I think this book... I think this book is very subtle. I think it's very... I think Jane Austen, like I said, she attacks the the norms of the time with comedy. And so it doesn't seem very deep, but when you think about it, when you think about the way she trying, she's trying to... Portray their times? She, yeah, like by she's trying to upset the class norms, upset the way that marriage is even looked at. Um, she's she's doing quite a bit, and it's it's much it's a much deeper book than it 
appears to be on the surface. Yes. Right. Um, and it was very surprising at the end to know that actually Miss Mr. Darcy and Elizabeth end up getting married. Because they acted like they despised each other. Well, I mean, given the synopsis, it wasn't surprising to me. Because it's hinted at. In, I didn't in that. read the synopsis. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, that's you, why it was surprising. Yeah, when you read the synopsis, you know that it's this romance between the two of them that gets off to a very rocky start, but closes in their marriage. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of knew that was going to happen, but it definitely seemed unlikely at the beginning. Anything else that you'd like to, to mention before we get out of here? My favorite part was... Probably when she said in the, like, because Mr. Darcy said that Elizabeth was only tolerable looking. And then when Elizabeth was, Mr. Darcy asked, well, what would you say was, like, a way to, like, romance a woman? She said, dancing, but only if they are only tolerable looking. I don't know if that line is from the book. It wasn't? I don't know if... I don't remember it specifically. Obviously, the book is long, so I... Not that I have a perfect memory, but I don't remember that line being in the book. But it was definitely very funny when she said it in the movie. (laughs) I liked it a lot. Yeah. Because, I mean, I feel like I remembered it somewhere in the book, but... Well, okay, then. Yeah. I think that'll wrap up our our little chat here. But what was your favorite part in the movie? Um, my favorite part in the movie may have been, or in the book, really. Um, That's what I mean, book. <laughs> when she has the conversation with uh, Lady Catherine. Lady Catherine kind of corners her and, and tries to to get Elizabeth to promise never to marry Darcy. Really? That was your favorite book? Part well, the way she stood up for herself. And there's the, the conversation is much longer in the book than what they showed in the movie. They talk for a, a while, and it's a private conversation. And, but and obviously, she, their family was listening. No, not in the book. They weren't because they went out. They went outside to walk. There were. It was just the two of them by themselves. And she says some very. She defends herself very well. She knocks Lady Catherine down a peg. Like Lady Catherine tries to insist and saying, "I'm not leaving until you agree to this." And. Elizabeth is just like, <laughs> well, I guess you're going to be here forever then. Or maybe she doesn't say that, but she 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 stands her ground and she doesn't give in. And I thought that was a, a very she's a very admirable yeah, lady. Yeah, I thought it was pretty funny the way the way that she responded to her. Yes. Yeah, that was my favorite part of the book. Okay, so I think that just about wraps up our discussion. I don't think any. I don't think we have anything else to say about the book. But who would you recommend it to? Really, I think it's worth anybody's time. Um, might take a while, but you could still read I mean, it. I mean, other people may not encounter that same issue that we did. True. Right? For some people, it might be easy to read. Uh, it was difficult for me. us. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's worth anybody's time. It's a classic for a reason. Um, and I think anybody could enjoy it. Okay. I think... I'd probably recommend it to people who need, like, who want to understand more about the, like, their hit, their history if they, like, parents or something were, 
or if they know someone who was born and and lived in this era and they want to understand more about what it was like, I definitely recommend this to them. And I've actually tried to get one of my friends to read it, and she's like, <laughs> seems boring, no. Yeah. No, I, that that makes sense. It's For a 12, 13-year-old, it, it could certainly be boring, even for a high school kid. But um, you may have to read it come high school. It might be a required reading. I think it actually is. It's required reading for a lot of high school students. So you have that to look forward to. And I mean, at least I already got a head start in yeah. it because I've already started it, but I just have to read it again. <laughs> so our next book is, well, we're actually not certain what our next book is going to be. We're going to try and get this book that I've been wanting to read ever since the movie came out. And I thought it was such, like, my friends kept saying it's such a beautiful movie and such a beautiful book. I've been wanting to read it, to read it ever since. And it is called Everything, Everything by Nicola Yoon. Right. But at the time that we're recording this podcast, we don't have copies of the book yet. So we're going to try to get copies of the book. And if we can, that's going to be our next read. If not, make sure you pay attention to the show notes because our next book will definitely be listed in our show notes. Yes. So pay attention there. If it's not Everything is Everything. Not everything, 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 everything. It could be something else. So pay attention to the show notes so that way you can pick up whatever book we're reading next and join us for our next conversation. And don't forget to tell your friends about this podcast if you know a lot of people who love to read and discuss different types of books. Definitely send them over to here. And also, um, if you want to like comment or give us any book suggestions you can leave comments on every single episode that we upload and that's right you can go back and see what else we've read you can check out all of our previous father-daughter book club episodes by just going to fatherdaughterbookclub.com or anywhere else you can get it on google music wherever definitely subscribe so that way you can see us or hear us and especially when you're on the go we like to listen to podcasts when like we're in the car for a while we like to listen to podcasts so if you want a good listen on the road check us out (laughs) all right so uh join us next time uh thank you for listening bye bye